Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with Tim and Lee. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome in one and all. This is the Full 10 Yards Podcast, Tuesday the 26th of February. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you are well. On today's show, got a good one in front of us. Lots of stuff to get through. I uh, hope you all enjoyed as well. Don't forget, we had the AFC East preview, uh, review and preview for 2019 season uh, fresh in your inboxes yesterday. And you can look forward to a couple of those uh, all this week and next week as well, where we go through uh, all the divisions, all the teams and get loads of fans on as well. So I hope you're enjoying those. Please get in touch with us at Full 10 Yards. But today's show is all about free agency. Um, we have a bit of news, um, bit of news and notes. We, of course, have the quiz and it's Tuesday, so we're going to be doing uh, Put the Mockers on it, and we're going to end off with a bit of Combine chat as well. And uh, alongside me, as he always is, is Lee Wakefield. Lee, uh, battling a bit of a cold? Yeah, unfortunately so. Um, I think it's going to be a fun day tomorrow because it's just coming on. But yeah, here, as always, and uh, ready for a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the blazing heat, you decide to get cold. That's, uh, that's not good, is it? Yeah, it's this weird February weather. My body's not used to, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, uh, up here, up here in Scotland, we don't, we don't, we're not used to seeing double-digit uh, temperatures uh, this time, this time of year. But yeah, uh... no, you've seen the sun, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, don't forget this time last year it was beast from the east, wasn't it? So that was fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we digress. So yeah, so like, to, so we start off with a bit of, of news as well. Um, Lee, a couple of bits that you want you want to chat about. Yeah, just uh, just a couple of things that I've just come across just before just before we come on. Um, big news uh, if you're a Rams fan. Um, Andrew Whitworth has decided to give it another year, stick around in town, uh, which is obviously big because I think um, you know after the Super Bowl and seeing how their offensive line sort of went not went to pieces, that sounds a bit bit much, but uh, maybe something just to a lesser degree of that. Uh, it's big that they kept their left tackle around. Um, so yeah, really positive news for them. And then second piece of news is that quite shocking actually. I'm a bit a bit surprised at this that. The Bengals are shopping their best red zone weapon, um, John Ross. Um, yeah, being, being sort of sort of for a trade partner for him. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see sort of where he goes. Obviously, he's only a couple of years in the league. Uh, obviously, best known for being the fastest man in the combine ever. Um, so yeah, no, I'm sure they'll get someone, and it'd be interesting to sort of see what sort of compensation they get for him. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I quite like John Ross. I mean, he's, he's burned a lot of people in, in fantasy, hasn't he? So uh, maybe fantasy owners of John Ross uh, are hoping that he maybe maybe goes elsewhere. Um, yeah, he's definitely um, burned more people in fantasy than he has cornerbacks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, which obviously he was coming out, he's all about speed, wasn't he? But uh, yeah, like I say, uh, a bit tongue-in-cheek, they obviously their best red zone weapon. But yeah, obviously the big news of the weekend as well, Robert, uh, Patriots owner Robert Kraft uh, charged with uh, soliciting prostitution uh, on the day of the AFC title game, which just blows my mind considering that they are, you know, half halfway across the country, isn't it? Uh, using Jupiter, uh, Florida, not not the planet, but the uh, <laughs> the place in, uh, in in Florida. But so uh, yeah, the the day the day of the AFC title game. So yeah, just obviously casually just pop, popping in there. Obviously, it's alleged at this moment. You know, we're not saying that he has or hasn't done it, but uh, yeah, doing that and then popping on a plane and then heading over to the AFC title game. It's uh, not not. It's quite quite fun being a billionaire, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> don't know what you're implying there. To be honest, <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite strange, really. Um, it, it it seems that from what I've read about this as well, there's bigger fish to fry than Robert Kraft. So it'd be interesting to see sort of whose uh, name is dragged dragged up through there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Also, if, if Robert Kraft's not the biggest name that, in the whole thing, you, you have to worry about who uh, the other names are. But that uh, will no doubt be all revealed in due course. Uh, so I think he's he's been charged. And you know, in terms of punishment, I know Roger Goodell and uh, the New England Patriots have had their run-ins over the last couple of years. So it'd be interesting to see how this one plays out. But in terms of you know what Roger Goodell can do to to the Patriots and Robert Kraft is not a great deal. Uh, you know, all th- all things considered. So. Um, whilst it's news, it's probably not not the biggest bit of news, and it's not going to be the, it's not going to be handed down the biggest punishment, isn't it? So, um, yeah, just obviously it's, no. it, it's slow, isn't it? This time of year before the combine, as, which is obviously combine this week, which we're, say we'll we'll get onto a bit later. 
Um, so I suppose it's more of a case. Not, I'm not saying that this, if this was happening during the season, that it wouldn't be big news. But obviously, it's February. News is a bit slow, so uh, things like this is going to going to get blown up. So we uh, we won't spend too much time on that. Um, I know everyone on social media is obviously getting all their gifts out about massage parlors and Tom Brady and all the rest of it. And talking of gifts, that is the subject of our uh, put the mockers on it this week. Um, it's, it's obviously how people communicate now on social media and WhatsApp and, and all the rest of it. It's no longer words. And people are, people are too lazy to do words. They uh, they like moving pictures with words on them. So this, at this point, we're going to bring in uh, Sean from All32. Sean, welcome on to the, the podcast once again. How are you doing, my friend? Great, thank you, mate. Appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk football with you guys. No, absolutely. I say with a, with a with a, uh, a subject such as free agency, you need uh, a couple of people there to bite bite the burger if you if you like and, and finish the dinner. So uh, yeah, welcome to have you on. So we're going to talk gifts first before we get into free agency. Any uh, Sean, we we'll start with you. Obviously, you are the guest. Any any favourite gifts out there? I think some of the stuff that has been pretty hilarious in terms of the the Robert Kraft one that you've just alluded to. I think there's been some some great stuff put on there. The NFL memes uh, account seems to be getting an awful lot of love and shares across social media. Mm. Um, some really really funny ones um, I know that Lee um, who joins me at All32 his favourite gift is the one of Rob Gronkowski falling over as he tries to make that tackle at the Miami Miracle play um, <laughs> I think Lee's got that as his screensaver to be honest he, he does love that one but uh, plenty of good ones about always uh, always really quick to come out as well aren't they You know, something's only got to happen and minutes later someone's already got a gift created so some really good funny stuff out there at the minute mm. And Lee, if you, if you had the number one overall pick for uh, gifts, what would you go for? It's got to be, uh, it's obviously quite a new one, but it's got to be the one that Philip Rivers from the playoff game against Baltimore where he runs that first down and then gives it the old first down point. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That was good. Um, <laughs> Funnily enough, I, um, when, I, when I had gifts down, I didn't actually, it didn't come to my mind to think of American football gifts. Um, oh, no, I'll tell you what mine is. Well, yeah, it doesn't even need to think about it, is it? It's just J- Jason Garrett clapping on the sideline. That's just, that's yeah. just, that's yeah, just, very that's very got, yeah, that's got to be mine. That's got to be the one for the podcast as well, isn't it? So, um, also, I also like the one of Jason Garrett where he's clapping in and that um, the cane walk comes and hooks him. <laughs> that's, also, that's also quite funny, but... Uh, but I might have to wait a few more years now until, uh, well, at least this time next year until that maybe uh, comes out again. But uh, in, t- in terms of other gifts, like just general gifts, any 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 favourites, Lee? Um, just the, the the classic ones, really, like the guy with all the question marks around him when he looks very confused at someone's uh, reply on Twitter. Yeah. Or um, diving in diving into the NBA as well. James Harden is quite gifable. Um, I think one I sent you on the weekend. I think that one uh, where he kind of looks amused and sort of like slides away. I like oh, that yeah, one as well. Yeah, yeah. One, of, one of my favourites. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, any, any favourites for you? Uh probably shouldn't get too political on a podcast, but there's quite a few good ones at the minute about uh, the state of the country and Brexit at the minute. I'll leave it at that. We won't get into too much of a debate on this podcast, but there's uh, quite some funny ones, whichever your political view may be. Mm. No, very very diplomatic of you there, Sean. A couple from me. I like um, there's one that I use quite a lot on the on the social media for for the for the podcast at Full Ten Yards. And um, by the way, you can get Sean at All Thirty Two, Sean. Um, and what's the is it all just all, at All Thirty Two for your podcast, Sean? Yeah, so the main account's at All Thirty Two UK, yeah. mate. Oh, UK on the end there. Oh, lovely stuff. Um, yeah, one for me. I, I, I use quite a lot. You know the dog, where the, with the eyes. So he's sitting. He's sitting by the table, and it just pans through two people, and it's he's got really, really big eyes. That's that's always quite a funny one. Um, and also Vince McMahon on the chair where he falls over when he's get, when uh, Stacey Keebler's dancing in front of him. He, uh, that's just brilliant. That makes me laugh. Makes me laugh every time. Um, and then also, I know, I know some of my friends are really into the uh, the cat wiggle. You know, with the cat wiggles, and then you've got that uh, the other guy that wiggles as well. I don't actually know who that guy is. Does anyone know what give up? Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, is it Shaquille O'Neal? There you go. Yeah. I, I learned something today. Hopefully, everyone out there did too. They do a, a good cat and shack. Yeah, cat and shack. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, I learned something. Hope you uh, listeners out there learned <laughs> learned something too. Uh, do send us your favourite gifts as well, and uh, say we'll we'll stick a poll up. And uh, it's always fun to do these kind of little things. I say it's weird how gifts have uh, taken over uh, text and chatting and, and all the rest of it. But we're not here to talk about that. The picture says a thousand words, Tim. Oh, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. So without further ado, we'll uh, we'll talk some more words and we'll talk. 
uh, about some free agency. So let's uh, let's get into it. So just before we start, guys, if I thought it'd be worth just going through the top ten teams with the most salary cap because you know I the, the big players in free agency are going to be you know likely at least rumoured to to go to these teams. So we're using uh, overthecap.com. Uh, the effective cap space for these teams. I know that it's different between that and um, Spot Track. I don't know. I don't really know why it's different or where they're getting the figures from or anything like that. But uh, we've gone with uh, overthecap.com, uh, the effective cap there. So top of the list is obviously the uh, Indianapolis Colts, uh, 107 million. Jets, uh, 96. Browns, 79. Bills, 79. Texans, 78. Raiders, 65. 49 is 65. Uh, Bengals and Seahawks on 50 million. And then the Cowboys. Oh my God, that, that's uh, that's some scary heights for Cowboys. Uh, cap space they're usually at the bottom but uh, they have 47 million to pay with might have uh, something to do with uh, Des Bryant Tony, Ro- Tony Romo and Jason Witten no longer on the uh, no longer on the list and yeah that's been a while for that to clear hasn't it but um, I think I think uh, it's, it's not not surprising guys that uh, Lee we start with you quite a lot of those teams are are bad teams yeah definitely ones who've sort of been down there um, towards the top and draft order and have been having to sort of refill their um, rosters with draft picks, high draft picks, and obviously that cap space is there ready and waiting for hopefully the good players that these teams have uh, teams drafted over the last few years. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say that that as well, coupled with early draft picks in the in this upcoming draft, obviously that's what, what the, the NFL try and, and implement to, to keep it fair and keep it interesting from year to year and stop people like the New England Patriots screwing it all up. But, uh, Sean, there are a couple of teams on there, though, that uh, did perform quite well last year. And say Colts, num- number one, they were 107 million. Uh, Texans, obviously, got to playoffs as well with 78 um, the Browns obviously is, is an attractive team as well, and the Seahawks there as well. But so, yeah, they they could be teams that are not far away. No, absolutely. I think the, the Colts in particular, like you say, it's an incredible cap number to have there for a, a playoff team from just a year ago. Um, obviously, they're they're trying to very much build through the draft, so it'll be interesting to see how much of that money they do spend free agency wise. Um, the Browns obviously coming off what has been a long rebuild plan. Um, which he's obviously now finally seen some fruition. Um, Texans obviously benefiting from having Deshaun Watson still on a rookie contract as well, so they're pretty much in win-now mode. I'd expect them to be aggressive. Um, and the Seahawks definitely need to get some help around Russell Wilson. He, he seems to carry that team on his own. So, like you say, some attractive teams that are in there. The Raiders another one to watch out for. You know, it'd be interesting to see how long this Gruden revolution actually takes um, You know, to become really effective. Um, but certainly some interesting teams that have got some money to, to splash around if they so wish to. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to uh, how Adam Gase spends that $96 million there over at the Jets and wasted, uh, wasted that. But to, just at the other end of the scale, just a couple of teams that don't have much wiggle room or will need to move some people around to be able to do anything in free agency if they, should, if they so choose. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Philadelphia Eagles... Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Miami Dolphins, uh, Saints, and the Bears all under 15 million there in cap space. But uh, you'd assume that there'd be some wiggle room there, especially maybe at the Jags, which we'll come on to. Well, I mean, we might as well come on to it now because we, you know, we might as well start off at quarterback. So teams that are in need uh, for a quarterback, the Jags. I've, I've uh, shout out if you've got other other teams as well, but I've got Jags, Redskins, Bengals, Giants, and Dolphins. There's probably one or two uh, uh, other teams in there, but um, yeah, obviously the the big. The big uh, free agent is obviously Nick Foles bought out, bought out his uh, his contract didn't he for two million so he's expecting uh, quite a lot of money this off season should be a number of suitors but like I say the, the the teams that need a quarterback are actually picking quite high in the draft aren't they you know Jags at seven Giants at six Bengals at eleven if they choose to to get rid of Andy Dalton who incidentally actually I thought this was quite interesting I know Zach Taylor's come out and said Andy Dalton uh, is is a perfect fit for that offense but if they cut him there's actually no repercussions in terms of Bengals salary cap so um, maybe a bit of a dark horse to watch there in Cincinnati and, and Andy Dalton because if he gets cut uh, I don't think he will but you know just hypothetically if he does could be a bit of a dark horse there in the free agency market uh, and then obviously Dolphins there at 13 in the draft as well so you know those six those five teams there all in the draft all 16 picks so I'd be surprised if there's a lot of quarterback action in the free agency, we, you know we said that there's not there's not a lot in terms of quarterbacks, and uh, you know there's a couple in the draft as well. Nick Foles, Lee, uh, obviously top of the list at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to be the most valuable commodity, isn't he? In that in that market, just shows how uh, much of a down year it is that uh, Nick Foles is sort of going to be really clamoured for. 
a bit of a mystery where he's going to go because obviously the most obvious pick is, is going to be to the Jags. But as we've just said, they've, they've got no cap space, so they're going to have to do some cuts to sort of manoeuvre that and make sure it happens if, if they want it to. Um, obviously, the Dolphins as well, the Dolphins don't have much cap space. And, but Nick Foles isn't going to be cheap. He wouldn't be cheap anyway, um, and even more so because of the supply and demand aspect of it. Mm. Yeah, and Sean, yeah, former Super Bowl MVP, he's got a lot on on his resume, isn't he? As, uh, as Americans like to call it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of put a, a hypothetical in my in my in my brain earlier today at work when I was I was bored. But um, if I, if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, essentially you're you're having to choose between Nick Foles and kind of maybe someone on defense, isn't it? Because yeah, if you want to bring in someone like Nick Foles, you're going to have to, to to rejig the cap somehow, and you could see a casualty there on defense. But then, you know, if you then go against the grain and say, okay, we don't want Nick Foles, we'll we'll pick a we'll pick some guy out of the draft because you know we've got pick seven, so that can that can get you like a Dwayne Haskins or or, or whoever they they fancy. If they then do that, they could waste a couple of years. Uh, you know, not waste, but yeah, the, the rookie coming in will have to ha- spend a couple of years to learn the game and, and transition. They would still be probably in the same position they were this time next year. But again, some more pieces on that defense will need to be paid. What, 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 what? How do you see the Jacksonville Jaguars addressing the QB position? Uh, I, I confess to not watching a huge amount of college football, but for everything that the guys over on All Thirty Two saying, everything that I've read, it's not a great year for quarterbacks in terms of coming through the draft. So. I do think they look to address it through a free agent. Foles is the obvious one, as you've stated. I think there are probably some slightly cheaper options that that potentially could be explored. Um, I think when it when it comes to the quarterback position, though, it will trump anything else that is on the team. So whatever requirements are there to to move around and to make it happen, I think it obviously will happen. Um, I'm not sure on terms of the ramifications of cutting bottles in terms of dead money that's going to be left there. Um, obviously, I think that's pretty much a certainty that you know I'm, I'm struggling to think that they're going to be able to trade him to anybody. Um, I don't see a, a Brock Osweiler situation from a couple of years ago where a, an unwanted quarterback essentially gets traded away for draft um, capital. I, I can't see that happening again. Um, so they have got a conundrum there. I think they definitely are moving on from Bortles, though. Um, I can envisage Foles being there. I think the one for me that probably actually suits the Jags' offense better is actually Teddy Bridgewater. It probably would be cheaper. Um, they still probably would have to do some moving around, but I think that the difference with Teddy Bridgewater is you possibly get him on a one-year or two-year prove-it type deal, whereas, as you've, you've both rightly said, Nick Foles is coming into this probably expecting a a five- or six-year contract and, and a ridiculous amount of money. Um, I would suggest buyer beware with Nick Foles. He, he obviously has looked really, really good at times. He's also looked really, really average at times. So I, I would rather take a flyer on Bridgewater personally, but I think the Jags will pull the trigger on one of those two players. Mm. Lee, what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, like like we said, it is definitely buyer beware. I was nodding my head as Sean was saying that to be honest with you. Um, because Nick Foles has you know, he's been a bit up and down as in throughout his career to say the least um, it, it could be a, a situation where they kind of um, get rid of bottles as you said and to free up a bit of cap space and maybe get Bridgewater on a one or two year deal and draft someone as well and just and sort of double up and hedge the bets a little bit Yeah I mean yeah like I say I think Foles to the Jag seems the most likely um, but as you say, Teddy Bridgewater does make a bit of sense. He's not played much over the last couple of years, so you're not really sure what you, you're kind of going to get. And to say this is a defense that obviously gave up towards the end of last year, but they're you know they're a top they're a top defense, and that that window of keeping all those players is is closing, so they can't really afford to muck around. But you know if you're bringing in someone in like Foles, and he's a big uh, big it's going to take a big salary cap here. It's almost as if you're choosing between those two. So it'd be interesting to see what what they kind of do there. Any other teams, Lee, that you you think Nick Foles could go to? I know, uh, obviously, Dolphins, Redskins are, are not great in on in salary cap as well. But what about maybe like the Giants? I, don't, I can't see them replacing Eli Manning uh, this year. But uh, any any other left fielders for you? I'm not really sure. To be honest, like you say, the, the Giants, the other one that they sort of come out in in support of Eli uh, quite quite heavily, really. I, I guess the only other one, um, which is a real, is a real left field. I'm not saying this is going to happen by any stretch of the imagination. But um, if Gruden and, and uh, Derek Carr decide to part ways, if Gruden says that he's not the one for him, and there is rumblings of that that, that they don't get on or don't like their philosophies don't marry up, mm. and if he doesn't see 
uh, what any of these draft uh, quarterbacks as as a future guy either. They could kind of bridge with someone like Nick Foles. They could give him you know a, a Sam Bradford esque deal that he got last year, and then wait a year or two for when the draft is for good quarterbacks in next year or two. Yeah, I had Raiders question mark written down as well. I mean, yeah, it is left field and Carr and Gruden have had their had a first relationship over the year, but. Um, I, was, I was looking at his contracts. Obviously, he's, he signed a five-year, 125 million uh, deal in in 2017. Can't really cut him in 2019 just because of the money that they'd have to take the, the hit in. But in 2020, he's a zero zero um, against the cap. So uh, watch his space on that one for 2020. It could be fireworks. But yeah, if they can move him on beforehand, um, I wouldn't expect obviously Foles to come in before that. But uh, it'd probably be a, a deal. Yeah, both done at the same time. You'd see, you know, Carr going one way and Foles going the other. Not that Carr's going to go to the Eagles, but maybe like a, a three-way kind of trade. So it'd be interesting to see how that suits up. So yeah, obviously we mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. The only other real names that I looked at, people that could maybe do backups or uh, a journeyman, Tyra Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Sam Bradford. I'm not quite sure how he's going to continue to still live in. I don't think he can anymore. He's been found out, hasn't he? Uh, any other any other quarterbacks, uh, Sean, that you that you like? Uh, I think, like you said, there's a lot of journeymen on there. I, just to pick up on Tyrod Taylor, I think that's an interesting one because I actually think there's a, a real good fit for Tyrod Taylor here in free agency, and that could well be the Redskins. Um, they've obviously got a lot of money invested in Alex Smith. I think it's pretty much a certainty that he's not going to play next year. Um, I think Tyrod Taylor's skill set is quite similar to Alex Smith, and I think he might be a good cheap option. I don't see the Redskins going through the draft um, to address it. I think they're obviously picking well towards the sort of middle um, middle end of the first round. Um, I think Tyra Taylor could well find a home there um, doing a similar job that he was intended to do at the Browns when he was brought in 12 months ago. So I think, I think Taylor probably does find a home. A lot of the others our journeyman types who you know probably won't get any offers until injuries start occurring as the season's uh, you know un- underway. Mm. Lee, anything from you? Um, yeah, if the Redskins, the Redskins like like Sean says, do pick at fifteen, uh, which in this quarterback class in the draft is is going to be well out of reach. The odds of the quarterbacks, even though they're not that good or not as good as they have been in recent years, are going to go much further than that because there is desperation around. You know, like we said, Miami, Jacksonville. They're all going to need to move up, and at the, at the moment, the skins are at the sort of back of that queue at 15. So unless they get really aggressive um, and start to give up some future assets, um, then they're not going to get a quarterback. So you know, if they decide against that, then yeah, Tyron could be a decent, decent shout. Mm. Okay, I like it. Let's move on to the running back position. I suppose um, we should really start off uh, with with Le'Veon Bell. Um, and I think I think what I've done, chaps, is I've, I've worked out the exact amount of money that Le'Veon Bell wants. You know, you know, in Ducktales, when when uh, one of the, the is it Scrooge McDuck dives into that money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I think I'm that not, that is that not. that is the exact amount that he wants in in cents or dimes or whatever it is. But the problem is, no one no one knows how deep that pool is. But if anyone can work right. out how much that is, that's what Le'Veon Bell wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an obvious place to start, isn't it? Le'Veon Bell obviously set out the the whole of the twenty eighteen season. Um, I think he's made a big mistake, and I think he's going to be looking looking a bit silly come, you know, the next couple of weeks or as, as the season starts. He's, he's going to go to a poor team, isn't he? He's not going to be shown in the best of lights. He's not going to have the the same offensive line that he did over there in Pittsburgh. But let's look at a couple of teams that are possibly uh, in the market for a running back. Um, again, guys, after I've gone through my list, and shout out maybe some more: uh, Tampa Bay, Oakland, Buffalo, New York Jets, Houston, and uh, Kansas City. I've also got Atlanta as well, but obviously Le'Veon Bell won't be going to, to some of those. Any other teams, Lee, that you think are, are going to be looking for a running back? No, I think I think you've got all the candidates there. I've been pretty vocal about where I think he's going to go. Um, but yeah, so he might not be the best person to come to because I've, <laughs> I've got a vision. I've kind of, I've kind of decided where I think he's going to go. All right, before we before we get you the details on that, Sean, any any other running back uh, team needy teams for you? I think the one team that really interests me with Le'Veon Bell, and they've obviously got the cap space to do it, having the most available, is the Colts. I think Marlon Mack performed admirably down the stretch last year, but I think I'm intrigued by the prospect of Le'Veon Bell in the backfield with Andrew Luck, um, and they have got the cap space to make it happen. Um, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to get a mega five-year deal or anything like that. I think, if anything, sitting out the entire year has hurt him in that respect. I think teams will be 
offering you know one well not one year deals but you know two year deals at most I, I can't see him getting a long contract mm. um but if the Colts did want to splash some of that cash um obviously front load it um you know then they're not on the hook for anything further down the line that could be a little bit of a sleeper and, and then he would obviously have a great offensive line to run behind I think that would be his dream scenario whether he gets it or not obviously it's a different debate um, I think the other teams that you've called out are pretty much where you would expect. I, I don't know where Lee's going to say, so I will hazard a guess he'll say the Jets because I think that's the most obvious one. Um, I think you know that big market is probably big enough for his ego, so I'd, I can certainly see him going there. Is what I would suggest likely happens, but I think the Colts would be an interesting one if they did swing for the fences on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like All those teams that I listed there, apart from maybe Tampa Bay and uh, will exclude Atlanta as well, but they've all got big big salary caps uh, space for someone like Le'Veon Bell. Um, Lee, do, do, do you want to... Who, who, who are you reckoning? Was it the Jets, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Sean, Sean's a bright man. Yeah, he must listen to the podcast. And <laughs> he's been able for it uh, for months and months now. Um, yeah, it is the Jets. Um, they've they've got the space. They've got like, like Sean said, he pretty much um, started my point off for me. They've got the the market. I think his personality and his ego will love to play in New York. Um, they've they've got the sort of space for the roster because obviously they they've got Elijah Maguire. They've got Bilal Powell, but they're not going to stop you from uh, you know from uh, signing someone like Le'Veon Bell. And they've got they've got the cat space to bring in even more around him and kind of selling the vision as well. I think I would think um, the reason why I won't say I sort of went away from the Colts is the three running backs that they've got there: Jordan Wilkins, Marlon Mack, and Naheem Hines. They've all been drafted very recently, um, so I don't see I don't see them sort of giving up on that. And uh, even though I'm saying all this about star running back, I don't think that having a star running back in today's NFL is actually essential. So they, I think they'll think, oh, we can get by with these three very, very cheap guys and invest, um, you know, in wide receivers that will come on too soon, and in other areas of the team because their defense needs a lot of help as well. I think mm. uh, if we are going to sort of push them over that hump that they didn't get over last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw one out there. I've got a funny feeling that John Gruden's gonna be stupid enough to think that if he gets a Le'Veon Bell, he's he's gonna visit the postseason uh, next season. Um, I know, you know, the Oakland backfield. You know, they've got the average age of uh, the running backs uh, can only be matched by the, the viewers of daytime, daytime countdown. But um, you know, Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, and, and Jalen Rashard is an interesting one for free agency as well. You know, if you're, for fantasy guys, uh, he could certainly see a path to some some snaps this season, more snaps than he's used to uh, next season. But Le'Veon Bell, obviously, it's a big splash sign, isn't it? Building the hype up, they could give him a two or three year deal uh, with a with a, a chunk load of money at the front end there. And you know, Le'Veon Bell, Las Vegas, uh, maybe you can find Antonio Brown that we were talking about last week, but. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I just thought o- Oakland kind of, whilst he's not going to tick many boxes in terms of, you know, offensive line, uh, win now mentality, I just thought it's, it's, it's the kind of thing I can see John Gruden doing. Um, he just, just likes a bit of buzz around him. He always likes to be talked about. Um, so o- Oakland I had as a... The, other, the only other one I liked as well was Houston. Now they've got a massive cap. And could you imagine uh, Deshaun Watson and, and Le'Veon Bell there? Now I know their offensive line is absolutely dog, dog crap, but... Um, <laughs> Certainly, you've got them pieces there. If you you know, use, use your picks to improve the offensive line, defense isn't that bad. Um, I just think, yeah, that could be a decent a decent fit as well. I know they've got Lamar Miller, uh, the plodder, but apart from that, you know, you've got Don Foreman, you've got the six foot two Alfred Blue. Um, I just think Livion Bell in, in Houston could uh, could be a nice a nice spot as well. But certainly the Jets, like you say, Lee, and could, would be a good one. It's again, it's the big apple, isn't it? It's the big lights. You, you know, you can. He's got a big market there, and certainly that would that would appeal to him as too. And with, with the amount of cap space they've got, they can add pieces in the draft as well. Picking at number three, they can even well, probably the ideal scenario is to maybe grab someone like uh, Le'Veon Bell, and then drop down in the draft and grab some more first round picks if they, if they can. Uh, drop down from three and still get the guys that they want on maybe on that defense that is looking a bit depleted, as told on our podcast yesterday. Um, yeah. But so yeah, we move on to some other running backs. Then Lee, uh, Mark Ingram. Um, do we think he's going back to the Saints? Could be, couldn't it? I mean, I was just looking down sort of the uh, the list of teams that we're, we're going to talk about, and there's, there's a lot of teams uh, that, have, that have got running backs already. Um, I know Mark Ingram's not going to command a huge, huge cap number at the stage of his career. You know, he's had a he's had a ban as well for Peds. 
Um, but yeah, there's quite a lot of sort of, there's not a lot of vacancies available, um, and it obviously might make sense with the fit the fit they has with Alvin Kamara and with the Saints in general in their offense. It might just make sense for him just to stay at home. I would say. Mm. Yeah, I mean he's 29 years old. Um, every career average 4.5 yards per carry. Uh, had a bit of a suspension last year, but not um, you know 30, 1,300 rushing attempts, just over. Um, I, I think he'll go back to to the Saints, but I got a funny feeling that Baltimore might be in a play in play for a running back this off season. I know they've got Gus Edwards, but they've not they're not committed to him a, a great deal, and Alex Collins as, as well. You know they tend to churn through uh, the running back. Sean, what, what do you what do you reckon about Mark Ingram? Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, mate. The, the Ravens are the one for me, for, for Mark Ingram. I think his style of running, you know, that bruising in between the tackles really suits the way the Ravens want to play. Yeah. I think they need somebody to, to sort of take a lot of the pressure off Lamar Jackson. I think he's got an awful lot of development, which there's a question whether he ever will be able to reach that development or not. But, but certainly at the moment, he's obviously not a great quarterback in terms of throwing the ball. Um, so they need someone to, to sort of carry that workload. I think, like you said there, Ingram has benefited throughout his career from having that time-shared approach, so he hasn't got a huge amount of miles in the legs, mm. um, as some other running backs have. Um, I, I just think his style of, of game certainly would suit the Ravens. I can I can see that happening. I, I don't think he's going to want to continue in a timeshare if he has got the opportunity to go elsewhere and be the primary uh, workhorse in the backfield. No, absolutely. Former Heisman Trophy winner, of course. Let's move on to uh, Tevin Coleman, who many thought was uh, going to step up into Devonta Freeman's shoes when he went down uh, this season, but didn't really do do himself any justice. I know he's young, um, but he really couldn't keep Peter Smith out of the, uh, the equation either. So um, probably one of the worst years for him to have a, a down season compared to his previous seasons. Any any suitors for, for Tevin Coleman, Lee? Seahawks, I think, stick out. Um, I think they might need a running running mate for Rashad Penny. Um, I, I don't know. If they, they always seem to lose health of their running backs, don't they? So I think they might cut bait on a couple of them and sort of relegate them. Maybe maybe trade out a couple of guys. I know Chris Carson did well, but I mean he's not he's not sort of got any money committed to him, is he? I think they could make a splash. Um, Seahawks are better when they you know can run the ball well and be that defence-first, run-first kind of team, um, take the pressure off Russell Wilson. And, yeah, I think, you know, Richard Penny and Tevin Coleman would make quite a nice uh, partnership. Mm, maybe. I, I had uh, Tevin Coleman actually going to the Jets, and I know you said, you, Lee, obviously you like uh, Bell to the Jets, but uh, if they miss out on Bell for whatever reason, I think Tevin Coleman could obviously be the uh, the silver medal uh, over there. I think he can complement the other backs that they've got there as well. They tend to like having loads of different people there to do do the same thing. So Tevin Coleman, uh, is, is, he, he kind of profiles as a Jets running back. Uh, but again, you know, um, Adam Gase might have different ideas. Sean, anything for you on, on Tevin Coleman? He's almost the, the total opposite of Mark Ingram. You know, I think Tevin Coleman, somebody who, who sort of you know works better in a bit more of a, an outside zone sort of running scheme. He's not so much of a in between the tackles. I think he summed it up nicely. He had a golden opportunity this year and didn't really grasp it. Um, I think he needs to be paired with somebody in more of a one-two punch. Um, I think the Seahawks is a good show. Um, their running game obviously very very dominant, and, and they get plenty of carries around all the guys in the backfield. But uh, I think Coleman's going anywhere only as a complimentary piece. I don't see him holding down the starting job for, for any of the franchises. No, no, that's why I quite like the Jets there, because that's kind of might be the scheme that they've employed. I know, say, Adam Gase is there, but uh, yeah, I thought it was quite a good fit. OK, uh, rest of the running backs, guys, I'm, I'm just going to run through a couple of names and then we'll maybe pick out one or two. So uh, other running backs hit, uh, due to hit the free agency this year, Jay Ajayi, Spencer Ware, uh, Carlos Hyde, CJ Anderson, Mike Davis, I thought was quite interesting. Uh, and then obviously you've got the old, the old guard in Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore. Sean, anyone you like on that list? Um, like you said, there's some real good performers down the years. I think Frank Gore is still an excellent running back. You know, he's going to churn out three or four yards of carry. He's never going to be anything fancy at this stage of his career, but he's certainly reliable. Um, you know, if you've got a young backfield and you want some veteran presence, then you're going to do a lot worse than Frank Gore for 12 months. That's for sure. He's dependable and reliable, which. You know, for a running back, he's, he's one of the most positive traits that you can get. A lot of the other guys you've mentioned have suffered with injuries and, and that will mean, you know, that they, in all likelihood, again, will probably be waiting around until the season starts and, and others pick up injuries before they end up on, on teams themselves. Mm. Yeah, the uh, the evergreen 35-year-old Frank 
Gore. Uh, Lee, any any names pick out for you? I, I could say Mike Davis was one that, that kind of pricked my ears a little bit. Jay Ajayi is obviously 26. Um, I think he's only had just just around 550 career carries, but he obviously injuries is his main hamstring. Uh, no pun intended there. Sorry about that. Um, Carlos Hyde, again, he's a, a fairly young young one. He could probably find a home um, in, in a, maybe in a, a two a two headed backfield. And C. Jansen obviously setting records last year with the Rams. Any any particular that you want to point out and maybe a destination? Well, I think three three teams that have really earmarked, not for having feature backs, for sort of bringing in kind of like a second complementary uh, sort of runner, would be um, obviously they have to be quite cheap for the first couple. But the Redskins and the Steelers obviously need a replacement uh, for Le'Veon Bell. I don't think they're going to put full trust in James Conn just yet. And obviously, the Redskins just sort of got by for 12 months with uh, Adrian Peterson. So I think they'll need. Um, Possibly people to come in and, and kind of fight it for the job, and if they sort of win it out, uh, but the kind of guys that we're mentioning, um, you know, could fit that mould uh, depending on what they're looking for. The next one, the Cardinals, um, David Johnson obviously going to be the number one, but then they, I think they're going to need someone else just after him as well, just to sort of um, just to tail off him a little bit, I think, um, and they could splash out a little bit more because they've, they've got a little bit more money to spend. Uh, but yeah, no, I think those those three are the, are the the three teams that stick out to me that are going to be looking. Uh, you know, fairly diligently through this running back pile. Mm. Yeah, and say so Buffalo, and Buffalo, we haven't really mentioned them, but they're a, a team that obviously ran out of running backs at some point last season, didn't they? And uh, LaShawn McCoy obviously getting on as well five a time, starting to get on top of him. Be interesting to see if uh, Buffalo find someone to go with, with Josh Allen up there in uh, in the north of the US. Um, another couple of names I didn't mention, TJ Yeldon and Peyton Barber as well, um, but they're more... TJ Yeldon might find a decent home, but Peyton Barber... Uh, never the most inspiring. Um, so we shall move on. Wide receiver position. Quite a lot of um, quite a lot of names here without particularly being too too exciting. I, I suppose the top of the, the list will be Tyra Williams uh, and Golden Tate in terms of names, maybe for fancy. Uh, John Brown is one that I'm quite interested to see where they go. I mean, uh, I'm going to declare this an Antonio Brown free zone as well, guys. So no no mentioning of him because um, he's just not worth it. Um, Sean, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll start with Tyrell Williams. I've got a beautiful spot for Tyrell Williams. I don't know if you may may agree with me, but I love him in Indianapolis. Um, I, I struggle to disagree with that. I think I think Tyrell Williams. Before I sort of get into where I think he might end up, I think he has all of the makings of being the most overpaid player in this free agency pool. Oh, yes. Um, I think he's really benefiting from, like you've said there, a real lack of depth within the receiver um, window, if you like. Um, and I think he will get paid handsomely for what has been an average level of career production to date. Um, I think he's a decent player. Don't get me wrong. I think he, he's a, a decent deep threat. Um, and I certainly think that on that Colts team, I think, you know, T.Y. Hilton is getting towards the back nine of his career. Um, they've got a nice um, sort of few complimentary receivers. I can certainly see him landing there. Um, as a Browns fan myself, there's been a lot of rumour that the Browns will look to add a receiver on the outside. Um, I could see him landing there. We probably overpaid for Jarvis Landry last year, but obviously coming off 0-16, that was almost inevitable. Um, I think there's a few teams that... You know, potentially will look to add a receiver. Um, I, I just think that Tyro Williams will cost an awful lot more than he probably should do based on what he's delivered so far. Yeah, absolutely. And Lee, obviously, being a, a former Charger, uh, well, I say he's not going to come back. But uh, what, what, how, what are your thoughts on Tyrell? Yeah, I think he's a good receiver. Um, I think one thing that has detracted from his uh, production over his career is the fact that we've got quite a few mouths to feed on the Chargers' offense. And he's, he wants an upgrade on his sort of position in, high, in, his, in the hierarchy of whatever team he's on. Obviously, with Keenan Allen and obviously the, the high draft pick that we've invested in Mike Williams, he's only ever going to get really above. Uh, sorry, yeah, he's sort of seen on the Chargers' sort of depth chart as wide receiver three, and he sees himself as a borderline wide receiver one, I think, mm -hmm. in his mind. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I totally agree. He's going to get overpaid, and that's why there's, there's probably a little to no chance that uh, he's coming back to LA this, this, this season, this coming season. Um, but yeah, same same teams that you just mentioned. I think the Colts is a the marriage made in heaven. Um, I think the Texans could be in for him because, uh, as we've seen in the past, they went for Demarius Thomas, uh, which obviously didn't work out. The Browns, yeah, he could be an upgrade on Antonio Callaway, that deep threat for sure. Uh, the Seahawks, I think, are quite a nice fit as well. And then the Cardinals, um, obviously, they just need sort of weapons and 
they could again just dip into their pot and uh, try and get sort of a, a well, he would be a bloodline wide receiver one there, wouldn't he? Which would satisfy his uh, sort of requirements on that front. Yeah, Tyrell Williams is uh, another a guy that's of sixteen yards per catch over his last three years, and he's he's, he's contributed to the touchdown column as well, seven, four, and five touchdowns uh, over the last couple of years. But obviously, Mike Williams came to the fore last year, and that's why he's looking to to find a new team. I didn't mind. I don't know if you said Denver there, Lee, but I thought Denver is, that came to my head as well as a potentially decent fit for uh, Joe Joe Pass interference Flacco. Yeah, I mean, they've got quite a few young wide receivers. They've got Tim Patrick, they've got Deshaun Hamilton, and they've also got Colton Sutton. So I'm not sure if they're going to sort of go for that one, unless Emmanuel Sanders leaves, um, you know, through getting caught or through trading away, which seems unlikely. Mm. So yeah, maybe if they want to add a bit more veteran presence to that sort of wide receiver room. But I think they like those three young guys that they've got. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I suppose we we can we comparing John Brown as well. He's twenty nine years old, uh, speedster on the outside. Be interested to see him in Tampa Bay again, reunited with Bruce Arians. Obviously, he's had injury troubles over the years. Um, showed his his health last year, but obviously he was paired with Lamar Jackson for the second half of the season. So um, that's probably why his stats weren't what maybe some people you know start of the season he was on, he was absolutely on absolute fire. So. Um, yeah, again, so you know maybe the, he'll be the silver medal for for Tyrell Williams. Um, suitors uh, may actually be a blessing to disguise for, for whoever gets John Brown. Any any thoughts on John Brown, Lee? Yeah, Tampa Bay. I think um, yeah, that's the, the sort of obvious one, isn't it? Straight away. Obviously, I did well in Arizona for Brutarians previously, mm. um, so he might go back to sort of a trusted source. Yeah. Another, another name, if if you don't mind me just mentioning, is Michael Crabtree, who got released yesterday as well. He mm. seems to always stick around somewhere. Going to be sort of low end budget wide receiver. He'll he'll end up uh, you know sticking somewhere. Maybe the Patriots something like that. Have a big have a little bigger aim. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And uh, Sean, um, I suppose I suppose we, we can we can tie the next couple of guys in. So Golden Tate, um, Cole Beasley, you know, Jameson Crowder, Adam Humphreys, all kind of slot guys, aren't they? Where where do you see big needs for for teams with with slot guys? Um. It might sound like an obvious answer. I think obviously the teams that those guys potentially are departing from. I think obviously the Cowboys have made it quite apparent that they want to retain Beasley. Um, yeah, want to retain Beasley. Sorry. So um, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. I think Golden Tate probably suffered a little bit last year from a trade midway through the season. Um, obviously flashed in a couple of plays in the playoffs, but didn't really do a lot during the regular season. I actually really like Golden Tate. I think he's a good aggressive receiver he, he, he operates well out of the slot but can make contested catches on the outside as well I, I personally think Golden Tate's a better receiver than Williams personally um, I don't think he'll end up getting paid the same though as I mentioned earlier um, I, I think that you know the Texans certainly we mentioned earlier um, I think outside of Hopkins would be looking for help at the receiver position including in the slot so I could see one of them ending up there um, I also think that the 49ers might be a good shout for a slot receiver. Um, I think just on John Brown as well, just touching back to that, I think Crabtree being released probably opens up John Brown coming back to the Ravens, coincidentally. Um, you know, I think that you know they essentially revamped that wide receiver room last year and won't necessarily want to do it two years running. It was almost, you know, brand new players last year. I can't see him completely overhauling it again. So I think there's every chance that John Brown ends up going back to the Ravens. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, and, and just a, a point on Cole Beasley. If Cole Beasley returns to the Cowboys, I'll eat my hacks. I can't see it happening personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jameson Crowder's an injury, an interesting one. He's also an injury one, to be honest. But uh, yeah, 26 years old, injury played, um, quite a possession receiver. I actually thought jo- Jameson Crowder to Baltimore actually made quite a lot of sense as well. He's, he'll be a perfect uh, player, player to, for, for Lamar Jackson to throw to. I know they've got Willie Sneed as well. But uh, yeah, Jameson Crowder could, uh, could flourish in a bit of change of scenery. Um, yeah, I mean, Lee. Any, I, I think what Sean was saying was right. Where, where you've got teams that have, have lost their slot receivers, they're the kind of teams that need slot receivers. I mean, just to, I've got a list here of all the teams uh, that are wide receiver needy. I mean, they've got New England, Miami, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Denver, Oakland, Washington, Philadelphia, Detroit, San Francisco, Arizona. Uh, quite a lot of those need slot receivers, so it's, it's probably probably um, lucky that there's quite a lot to go around. Yeah, definitely. Did you mention the Bills there as well? So the yeah. Bills need weapons, small shapes and sizes. Yeah. I think they're a big one that we've not really mentioned for a lot of these guys. Mm. Um, I think they've, they've got a big need. Um, obviously, they just need to put some weapons around Josh Allen. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, I think that is it. Anyone else really that anyone wants to talk about in terms of wide receivers? You know, there's people that I've not mentioned like Randall Cobb, Dante Moncrief, Pierre Garcon, uh, Chris Hogan, Devin Funches, Kelvin Benjamin. I think Devin. I think Devin Funches is an interesting one. I think someone will take a chance on him. Um, I think the others, like you say, have probably kicked the tires around for a while. I think Funches is still, you know, relatively young, um, and you know. When he when he does use his big body, he really can box people out. He's he's a good sort of red zone weapon. Um, I think teams always get intrigued by that big body on the outside. So I can certainly see somebody taking a um, a punt on on somebody like Funches. Be interested to see what the Patriots do because you know we always say, don't we, that they get the best value for their money, and they potentially have got three of their sort of regular wide receiving core into free agency so we expect them to be busy um, we could see somebody like uh, an Adam Humphreys ending up at New England I think that would be uh, a really good fit mm. yeah my, my notes on Devin Funches I've got here I've got Devin Funches 25 runs like a 50 year old tight end New England type to replace <laughs> so, sounds about right yeah sounds about right indeed um, Lee any more uh, wide receivers from you no, uh, pretty, pretty scraping the barrel, I think, for now. Mm. I'm talking, talking to scraping the barrel. Um, we're not going to bother about tight ends just because um, the tight ends. But there we go. Um, just one note, obviously, Charles Clay, Clay, I think we reported that last week. He signed with the Cardinals uh, to be a blocker. So that's interesting. Um, any, any, Obviously, there's a lot of names. Let's, let's transition over to the defence for, for a couple of minutes. There's obviously a lot of big names there. And, Lee, you'll, you'll probably find quite a lot of them will be tagged. You know, Jedevon Clowney, Demarcus Lawrence and, and, and all the rest of them. Is there anyone anyone big on defence that you're expecting to move and, and make big headlines in the off-season free agency? Not really. I think there's quite a lot of these guys, like you mentioned, that, that are just going to be uh, sort of locked up in with the tag or, you know, they're just going to... Just going to be locked up with a long-term deal again. Um, Grady Jarrett, like you say, Clowney. I think maybe you know the big one that might get away might be Trey Flowers from New England. He might he might move on, mm. and then sort of moving into the interior, you've got three sort of big names that are moving because they're on kind of a lot of money towards the end of their careers and not really done like a great deal recently. Sheldon Richardson and Dominic Sue and Mohamed Wilkinson, you know, a bit of injuries between them recently and not a great deal of production, so they could be on the move. Um, and then switching back outside, Dante Fowler, I don't think he's going to stick around in LA. So there's quite a few um, edge pass rushers that are going to be, you know, going to be on the market or at least maybe, you know, attracting a bit of bidding war at least. Um, Frank Clark's another one, but I think he'll stick around in Seattle. Hmm. Yeah, a couple of names that for me that come to mind, Landon Collins and um, Earl Thomas, obviously Dallas were pursuing him for a little while. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Dallas try and, and, and go for one of those, being a bit selfish, uh, just for a moment. Sean, any, anything you like on defence at all? Yeah, I, I think Frank Clark probably goes from Seattle. Um, I, I think that's somebody that I'm really keen for the Browns to pick up. I think the Browns adding a, a pass rusher would be a big need for me um, outside of... Miles Garrett, I think that's a, a real position of need and I'm, I'm quite interested and intrigued by the prospects of Frank Clark. I can see that one happening. Um, I think some of the others that, that haven't been mentioned so far, I think CJ Mosley is an interesting one, bit of a tackling machine from the Ravens. Um, be interesting to see if he um, sticks around or whether he moves on. Um, I think D Ford from the Chiefs likely to get tagged, I would possibly suggest. Um, had a real breakout season this year, so they'll likely tag him, see if he can repeat that. Um, Anthony Barr is another one, um, good linebacker um, from the Vikings. Um, I think, obviously, he's pretty much a, a 4-3 guy, so that, that obviously is going to rule out half of the teams. Um, but again, you know, he's someone that's produced, um, and he's you know he's really good at sort of blitzing as a linebacker. Um <laughs> I think I think in the back end, I think you, you mentioned Landon Collins. I think you know Honey Badger's going to be available again mm -hmm. potentially. Yeah. Lamarcus Joyner was tagged last year by the Rams, and I think they're going to tag him again. So there are there are actually quite a few big names potentially that uh, that might get away. Um, however, as with all of these sort of top tier to free agents, you're going to end up paying a, a lot of money. Um, a little bit disappointing if you're looking for cornerback help this year. That's a pretty weak. Um, sort of pull to play in a little bit like we said we were wide receiver I think you know the top cornerbacks I've got written down here are, are Ronald Darby who's coming off an injury Pierre Desir Darkies Denard you know that there's not an awful lot there to get you excited unfortunately so there are some big names but it's more in the in the pass rush um, type as opposed to the pass defence type 
Mm. No, absolutely. And uh, before we move on to the quiz, uh, I'll, I'll go round to all of you. Lee, we'll start with you. Is there, is there one deal in, in free agency that you would like to see, regardless of you know, maybe cap implications or this and the other? Is there, is there any one deal that, or one player you'd like to go to a certain team? Um, there's a couple, I'd say, uh, for different reasons, both for selfish reasons. So um, I'd like Clevion Bell to go to the Jets because it'll make me look really smart because I've been saying it for ages. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then second of all for another selfish reason I'd like to see the Chargers have a bit of a run at Anthony Barr I think that'd be a really good signing for ourselves um, you know after we saw in the playoffs um, the Patriots ran all over us I think we do need that linebacker presence in there I think he's going to be an upgrade on uh, on Denzel Perryman who we're probably going to lose unless he comes back for a very very cheap deal mm-hmm. OK uh, Sean how about you? Uh, so the one selfishly for me that, that isn't Definitely not going to happen. What I'd like to see happen is Demarcus Lawrence to the Browns. I just mentioned the need for a pass rusher. Um, I think Demarcus Lawrence is he's probably the best player available in free agency. There's absolutely no chance that he's going to get away. Um, but that would be a bit of a dream as a Browns fan. Um, I think the other one that I'd, I'd like to see, and I think you know, based on what we saw in the playoffs, would actually be a real coup if they could pull it off. Is Indomitian Sue going from the Rams to the Saints? Um, I think he bossed that game, um, and I think the Saints on that defensive interior, you know, could do with a real good disruptive big body. Um, I think that potentially is a signing to to push the Saints over the edge on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so that they would be two in a in a fantasy land. Um, I'd like to see. Mm. Yeah, not bad at all. A couple for me. I think I really like the Mark Ingram to Baltimore, uh, Cole and Tyra Williams to the Colts. So I'd quite like to see those, both for fantasy uh, and kind of NFL reasons. But from a Dallas point of view, probably just any safety, to be quite honest. Uh, Landon Collins, or, or um, we'd, we'd have to invest a bit more for, for him because he's a bit younger and a bit more talented than the Noel Thomas, obviously, bit injury. Uh, big injury from last season and he's obviously a bit older as well so those are the two uh, Dallas ones for me Uh, that's going to wrap us up then for free agency so time for everyone to get their pens and papers it's quiz time Full 10 questions time on the Full 10 Yards podcast, my favourite segment of the week as usual. And today we have uh, Simon from the Collapsing Pocket, who are describe themselves as butt fumbling their way through into the uh, into the podcasting world. Hopefully they can't butt fumble through the uh, through the questions. But Simon, welcome on. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. So yeah, like I say, um, do you want to maybe spend a bit of time on, on your podcast and what you, what you do over there? Sure, we're uh, just uh, three northern monkeys, really. Um, gathering around a microphone once a week, swearing a lot, drinking a lot, not really talking much football. And when we do, we're probably getting it wrong. But um, <laughs> we've been doing it for about 18 months now. Um, we've had great fun with it. We've had our first ever guest a few weeks ago. We've got Cecil Martin on, who a lot of old school Sky Sports listeners will know. Mm. So we're growing slowly, but um, it's more about really just uh, an excuse to get away from the wife and the girlfriend and uh, get in a room and talk football. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we, we've, 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 we've had a chat with uh, Cecil uh, a couple of weeks ago now. We're um, trying to get him on it as well. But uh, yeah, that is for another time. You can get uh, in touch with the guys at the Collapsing Pocket uh, at Pocket Crumble, uh, which is an interesting handle. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we shall move on to the, the questions. Ten questions, um, no time limit as such, but if you're taking too long on a certain question, we will move you on and we'll go through all the answers at the end. Feeling confident? Not at all. No? Okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, without further ado, we shall get into it. We'll start with, the, like we always do, question one. What stadium do Arizona Cardinals play their home games at? Oh, is that the University of Arizona Stadium or Phoenix Stadium? Uh, question two: Who is the head coach of the Tennessee Titans? That would be Mike Vrabel. Question three: What number does Matthew Stafford wear? Good question, uh, Matthew Stafford, number nine. Okay. Question four: Excluding Baker Mayfield, who is the other player taken by the Cleveland Browns in the 2018 uh, NFL Draft in the first round? That would be Denzel Ward, cornerback. Uh, question five: Who did uh, who did Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks defeat to win his only Super Bowl? Uh, they beat the Denver Broncos. How many yards, question six, how many yards does an offensive personal foul face mask penalty incur? That would be 15 yards, I think. Uh, Next question, which team in the NFC West has letters in their logo? 
Ooh. Right. That will be San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Question eight. Which player scored the most combined rushing and receiving touchdowns for the Washington Redskins in 2018? Ooh. That is a cheeky question. Rushing and receiving? Yeah, combined. Well, we'll have to go with Adrian Peterson, but I'm not sure about that one. Okay, question nine. Which player had the nickname The Sheriff? <sighs> Old school names. Uh, I'm going to have to pass on that one, mate. My uh, knowledge doesn't go back further than 15 to 20 years, I'm afraid. <laughs> no worries. Okay, and then final question, question 10, the toughie. Within 1,500, how many career rushing yards did legend Walter Payton accumulate? TL. Oof. Maybe 15,000. Okay, I'll tell you what, I thought we were I thought we were on for a full house there. Okay, let's go through it. Question one. Uh, Arizona, I'll give you University of Phoenix Stadium. You uh, in the, you, you you got there, so we'll we'll give you that one. We're not we're not that we're not that harsh here. That's good news. I've fumbled it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, question two, Mike Vrabel, of course, Tennessee Titans head coach. Matthew Stafford is number nine. Uh, question four, uh, Denzel Ward was of course the uh, the other player taken by the Cleveland Browns last year's draft. Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks, of course, beat the Denver Broncos and annihilated them a little bit, didn't they? Um, 15 yards for an offensive personal foul face mask. I think it's both the same on both sides, but it's always, uh, it's always useful to be specific for those types of ones. Uh, 49ers, of course, it's the SF there in San Francisco in their logo. Um, Adrian Peterson was correct. Uh, had the most combined rushing and receiving touchdowns. It, it, see, it sounds like a hard question, but if you think about it, they didn't actually score that many touchdowns last season. No, no, yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking. I was, I was confused because obviously Adrian Peterson doesn't, he's not great out of the backfield as a receiving option, but yeah. I couldn't really think of anybody else. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, the nickname of the Sheriff was actually Peyton Manning, so... You know what? I was just thinking that afterwards. I was thinking it's probably somebody in my time anyway. Yeah. I couldn't really remember it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, finally, uh, Walter Payton. Uh, within 1,500, how many career rushing yards did he accumulate? Uh, you guessed 15,000. Uh, we've got 16,726, so, so just the 226 out. So very, oh, very, yeah, very, very unlucky there. But I'm um, glad to say 8 out of 10, uh, joining the rest of the gang at the top there of the leaderboard. Oh, brilliant. Well, I did better than I thought. Anyway, yeah, so. There you, there you go. No, well, I'll say first eight, first eight, right? I thought, oh, the sheriff, because we just recently did a, a competition with uh, involving uh, Peyton Manning. So we, we did tweet that out. So I did wonder if you'd be able to pick that one up, but not to, not to be, but eight out of ten, like I say, uh, at least you're at joint top rather than uh, than you know, somewhere down the bottom with me. That's right, man. I can't work out whether I'm elated or furious that I dropped uh, the ball in the last two. Really, that was so close on number ten. The, lime, the limelight, the the podium was uh, was elevating ever higher, and then uh, <laughs> but, but never, but never, never mind. Uh, Simon, thank you so much for for coming on, and and all the best in the future with your podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Top stuff there from the, the, uh, the at Pocket Crumble, the Collapsing Pocket podcast. Go and check those guys out. Bit of breaking news for you, Sean. Uh, you, you broke it to me whilst we were off air. So do you want to do you want to en- en- enlighten the, the listeners as to the breaking news? Yeah, can do. So my dream scenario of Demarcus Lawrence leaving the Cowboys just got a little less likely because Randy Gregory, the other defensive end at the Cowboys, has just been resuspended indefinitely following violation of the terms of his conditional reinstatement. So obviously no further details at this stage would probably safe to guess that Randy Gregory's been performance enhancing drugs or something of those lines once again. So his career now hangs in the balance. Well, I, I think he's done personally. Um, the, he's just too many. He's had too many strikes. Um, too many strikes, and I think he's done now. So yeah, that's the end of him. Um, interesting. So I'll have to uh, go and maybe edit out my little, the podcast, the NFC East for next week. But uh, that's what happens when you you get nice and organised and try and do podcasts early. But never mind. Um, okay, so. Little bit of news before we get into into the combine. Obviously, I said on, on Twitter that I'd uh, give you a little bit of fantasy news. So, what we're, what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to set up, and um, I think Sean, one of your guys, are uh, involved in this as well. We're going to set up a, a UK a UK NFL podcasters uh, a fantasy league. I've got ten nine or ten teams at the moment. You all know who you are. Uh, Kickers matter, five yard rush, uh, all thirty two uh, NFL Scotland, and all the rest of them. So. Keep your eyes out for for a bit more on that. We'll we'll do it a listener league as well, and that will be coming up. We'll, we'll probably announce some of that stuff after the draft is all done, so we can get it all sorted and set up. But yeah, interesting times. We're gonna gonna go head to head, Lee, with uh, all the rest of the podcasters, and and go head against against you, Sean. Yeah, looking forward to it. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, Lee, you looking forward to that being a co-owner with me? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sounds good. Looking forward to it, sure. All right. Without any further ado, then, so just a couple of minutes uh, before we sign off here, Lee. I, th- I thought I'd give you a couple of minutes. Obviously, the combine starts this week, and it's obviously your, it's your area, isn't it? Uh, draft season. Uh, S spell S Z N as the kids like to see say, say it. But uh, yeah, is there any, anyone that you particularly are interested in either side of the ball uh, to to watch at the combine? You know, any any people that maybe their stock is going to rise or maybe even in danger of falling? Because uh, I, I know we had a chat last week about Kyler Murray not wanting to to participate. But is there any any of the guys that are participating? Any guys that you're excited to to watch? So, well, yeah, obviously, it's all, it's all really exciting, I would say, for myself, uh, personally, and anyone who's not been to the draft like me. I think it, what it does is, obviously, you see people like myself and obviously a load of other people doing a lot of mock drafts around this time of year. And you kind of reach this point just before the combine, you're kind of like mocking everyone. Everyone's mocking everyone the same, um, you know, because everyone's watched the same tape and things like that. And then you get to this stage now where it really shakes people up. For instance, there's sort of a, a group of sort of second pass rushers behind Nick Bosa, um, Brian Burns, Chikai White, and uh, Josh Allen, not not of Buffalo fame. Um, you know, who <laughs> kind of like beat monsters around the same, and you know, people were just waiting for some sort of difference. And the combine just gives people that, I'd say. Mm. But it's exciting to see sort of people who group together like that, and then uh, you know, people who sort of like for the other reasons, the, the people who are kind of like need to perform sort of increase the draft stock and um, we, we, we sort of mentioned about the cornerback group being this year not being the best and then you've got players who kind of need to run a bit quicker than they expected to be like uh, DeAndre Baker from Georgia we interested to see his sort of 40 times season labeled as quite a sort of slow corner which obviously you know if you label as a slow corner it kills your draft stock almost dead um, at times so yeah definitely a couple of people and um, there's a couple of people I'm really excited to see sort of how far they can push the bar as well yeah. Um, literally and figuratively, Ed is going to be you know one of the most athletic defensive tackles that we're ever going to see. DK Metcalf, obviously everyone's seen pictures, um, expecting to destroy the combine. But for them, I think it's important not to sort of read too much into it. Obviously, we know that these guys are sort of athletic freaks already, and once they do sort of prove that, it's just kind of ticking the box. It doesn't really increase their stock too much unless mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong. I would say. Yeah, DK Metcalf uh, stacked like a box of Pringles. But yeah, obviously from from my my perspective, it's uh, and probably most people's perspective, it's just about seeing potential you know fantasy football players, isn't it? The wide receivers, the quarterbacks, and the running backs. You know, running backs obviously want a fast uh, forty yard dash, and you know wide receivers want you know height and uh, you know those bars that they jump up. And I think it's it's the reach, isn't it, Um, as well? So yeah, Yeah. it's obviously it's it's obviously uh, something to try and. Measure measure everyone equally and against the same test just to see how they, they compare out and quite you know quite a lot of people are going to be on one end and say oh, it's all about metrics and it's all about you know stats and that kind of stuff whereas you know the other half are going to be it's all about tape and then there's obviously going to be people that say you need a bit of both so um, Lee I think you you're in the case of a bit of both weren't you yeah a bit of both kind of edging more towards tape I'm not a, not a huge metrics guy but obviously it does play a part I think it's a great tool but it's not something to base your whole kind of opinion and evaluation of a player over, I think, which I think some people go a little bit too metric heavy in, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Just some some names. Uh, so, you know, Lee knows quite a lot of the wide receivers and, and running backs that I like. But Debo Samuel's caught my eye uh, over the last couple of weeks and some tape that I've watched. And um, quite like a couple of the running backs, um, David Montgomery and De- Devin Singletary as well. And uh, other some other wide receivers that are going to go early in drafts in fantasy this year, uh, Nikhil Harry and uh, Kelvin Harmon as well. They uh, seem to be decent prospects uh, as well. Any, any, any? Have you got one name for us, Lee? That uh, you're, you're most excited to, to watch? So not not sort of towards the top of the draft by any means. Probably going to be sort of mid rounds guy, but I would earmark this year um, the forty yard dash, which is obviously the sort of. Uh, Show, showcase event of the combine in general, isn't it? Um, I think the winner of this year's 40-yard dash is going to be Paris Campbell mm. from Ohio State as a wide receiver. Okay. And like I say, he's not going to be in the first or second round. He's going to be a mid-round guy, but if you want that burner, um, you know, maybe Cincinnati, looking at John Ross replacement. Mm. Uh, yeah, look out for Paris Campbell, I'd say, in the, in the 40. Yeah. Okay, and Sean, obviously we spoke off air that you're, you're not a big combine guy, you're not a big college guy, but uh, your ears have started to pick up over the last, what, 24 hours, a couple of days? 
I always like this time of year because you, you know that we're getting close to that draft season. You know that the, the mock drafts are actually going to start to mean a little bit more. I think, you know, Lee summed it up perfectly. You can read a, a hundred mock drafts at the minute and they're all pretty similar. I think the combine starts to, to move the board around. Um, so it, it's always exciting to see. Um, I think, obviously, the quarterbacks will get a lot of attention. You know, obviously intrigued around Connor Murray. There's obviously been an awful lot of, of debate around that. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um Personally, I always quite like seeing Rich Eisen run the 40 as well. So, <laughs> always a good laugh to finish off the combine, isn't it? So, uh, it, it's, an, it's an exciting weekend. And, you know, obviously for the prospects coming in, it's an important weekend. So, yeah, obviously uh, they'll have plenty of people watching them. Good luck to everybody. And, uh, you know, hopefully a few of them can increase their draft stock over the course of the couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. That rounds us off very nicely indeed. Sean, thanks. thank you so much for, for coming on. So if you want to get in contact with Sean, it's at All32Sean. He's, of course, part of the All32 uh, podcast and obviously a great website there where you can post your, your articles if you so wish. That's at All32UK. Sean, thanks, thank you so much for coming on. Absolute pleasure, mate. Always, uh, always great to talk football and uh, keep up the good work, guys. Enjoy the podcast. And Lee, I suppose it's for, for us. Obviously, we have um, we have uh, all our podcasts this week of, on the AFC and NFC next week. So busy, busy times for us. But we're also going to be uh, doing some articles over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so we're going to be doing um, sort of a look ahead after we after we've done our sort of review podcast. We're going to be looking ahead um, to for to every seat, every team, aren't we? Over the next few weeks, it's going to be quite a long series, but hopefully quite an enjoyable series. Um, you know, not uh, started and uh, finished quite a few of these already, and really enjoyed getting into them. So hopefully, you know, um, everyone will enjoy them as much as we're enjoying writing them. Yeah, absolutely. And so, if, if anyone out there, I did put a tweet out earlier uh, in the week as well. If anyone fancies doing some writing or maybe even a podcast for uh, from a fantasy football perspective, get in touch with us. Had a couple of nibbles of the old bait there in the on the rod, but uh, I may, may not want to expand on that too much, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we'll be back. The podcast will be back t- tomorrow with the AFC South. So look forward to that one in your inboxes. Um, but I suppose Lee, that that's probably it from us. Yeah, wraps up another good podcast. Uh, managed to get through it without dying and, and ruining it with coughing and sneezing. So yeah, happy days. Yeah, you, you rest. Uh, you rest that voice, and we'll, we'll be back on on Tuesday. But uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up from all of us here at the Full Ten Yards po- uh, Full Ten Yards Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, say so we'll be back again tomorrow. But uh, in the meantime, it's goodbye from Lee. Yeah, goodbye everyone. See you on the other side. Have a good week. And it's goodbye from me too. Enjoy the rest of your week, chaps. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.